What is up, everyone? It is your boy, The Tank. It's Wednesday at noon, and I am here to talk to you about college and NFL football for the next hour on Weagle 91.1 FM. Let's not waste any time and get on with the show. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to Tank Talks Football here on Weagle 91.1 FM. M. Again, my intro still says Wednesdays at 12, even though that is clearly false. But for the first time this semester, I'm going to be without one Harrison Tarr. Him, Jake Gonzalez, and I think Zach and Zach and Colin as well are all traveling back from Starkville. Wish them the best and safety in their travels. And I am also I'm joined today because I just needed to have a guest because I did not want to talk for 50 minutes straight. I'm joined by my boss at Eagle Eye. Braden Haynes. Hi. <laughs> closer than mine. Hello. I've never been on the radio before. Hey, welcome to the radio. <laughs> uh, Braden is not the wisest when it comes to football. No <gasps> offense. Rude. But with the the entrance of Batman into theaters, a movie I will be seeing tonight, I thought it'd be fun to bring on a fellow superhero nerd just to compare some athletes, football players that we all know, to. I'm assuming just straight Marvel characters. We've not, we did not. I don't. I think there's one from uh, SpongeBob. There's one from SpongeBob, and there's <laughs> SpongeBob. one from DC. And I still don't know the one we compared to Trevor Lawrence is from. I don't know what Inhumans is. Is it Marvel? Is it? DC? Yeah, that's Marvel. It's from Inhumans, that show that like flopped miserably. <laughs> every every on sh- ABC, every, I think. Didn't every Marvel show flop at some point? Yeah. Well, they were doing like weird ABC shows for a while, and like. Nobody watched them because they were like horrible quality and zero budget. True, but start off the first player that I noticed you didn't notice that you knew <laughs> was Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> and we compared him to Icarus from Eternals. I've yet to have seen the movie, is that? But you had to tell me who it was. Well, yeah, you said who's a whiny superhero, and I was like Icarus from Eternals, but you've never seen it, so. <laughs> I do know that he eventually does turn into a villain character. He does. Which is portrayed very well with Aaron Rodgers' career as he started off very likable before he started whining to media about every little thing that he did not like. (laughs) Mostly being whenever he showed his full toe in a press conference. He did that? You didn't hear about that? No. Apparently he broke his toe earlier this season or did something to his toe. And in the middle of a of a uh, a Zoom interview with the with the press, he just takes his shoe off whatever and just shows his toe to the the media. The only thing I knew about him, well, obviously like the anti-vax stuff, but that he like eats dirt is what he said. Like with his, I guess, ex fiance now, Shailene Woodley. Like they talked about like they eat clay because it's from the earth. I was like, that's weird. Yeah, uh, as you know, growing up, we were always told not to eat Play-Doh. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers was not told of that. But yeah, Icarus is perfect for him. Uh, you know, started off very likable in the beginning of his career. Aaron Rodgers, Icarus also was a good hero, the strongest of the Eternals, I believe. Mm, well, he's like seen as the leader because he's like physically strong, but like I wouldn't say he has the best the powers. Superman archetype kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. They even like call him Superman in the movie. They do. I forgot. About yeah, that. I saw that. Jesus Christ. Uh, but yeah, eventually something just goes wrong and he becomes the villain. Something we see often in media nowadays of superheroes. Yeah. 
with this kind of power. And Aaron Rodgers does just that every season at this point. Every season. Uh, up next, the next one you said you knew was Cam Newton. <laughs> I think that was me asking if you knew Cam Newton. Which obviously. Hoping. Uh, I went ahead and did this one. I, Superman's the easiest one to say for him. True. Nickname is, of course, Super Cam. Yeah. Even though he has some kryptonite stuck in his body nowadays, not playing as well as he used no. to do. I don't know what. I think it's the hats are squeezing his head too tight, to be <laughs> honest. That could very well be the case. He does wear a lot of hats. Uh, move on to Matt Ryan. I don't. I compared him to Iceman just because Matty Ice. No, that's perfect. I mean, yeah. he's just nice. He's just like a nice dude. Matty Ice, of course, when it comes down to it, he melts under pressure, so it also fits. <laughs> I don't know how many Falcons fans are listening to, but I will always love every 28-3 to 3 joke that I hear strictly because it meant y'all did not win a ring. It hurts. It physically hurts. Me. Are you a Falcons fan? Yeah. Well, I'm from Atlanta, so uh, it's kind of required. Gross. <laughs> As a Carolina Panthers fan, I'm so glad y'all lost. Yeah, well. Even though we know what it's like to lose to Tom Brady. <laughs> Don't we all? Everyone does. We almost had Tom Brady on here, but since he retired, we took him off. But I don't know who I'd compare. Thanos? Thanos. No, why? Thanos. What do you mean, why? Well, he picks up all the stones. Is that what you mean? <laughs> yeah, like he the collects rings, rings he like they're stones. He collects rings. He'll snap your franchise out of existence. <laughs> well, that's fair. He's not a hero, though. Poor Tom Brady. I've come to love Tom Brady. Yeah. He's a... <laughs> He's so funny in media because he just cusses people out. <laughs> uh, he's all, uh, but yeah, Tom Brady's not retired. Maybe. I know, yeah, I know they're probably just talking to a brick wall over here. <laughs> <laughs> but Tom Brady's also maybe not retired. Uh, go back to 2014, get a pass Tom Brady, bring him, bring him back like in Endgame. Oh. It's- well, didn't he – he said he was retired, and then he was kind of like, just kidding, and then he was like, actually, yeah. Well, the media came out and said that he retired without him ever saying anything, and um. he was like, uh, yeah, I'm going to make that decision myself, and then a week later, he said he retired, but he said, never say never on a return, oh. which terrifies me. Well, I think he would suck at commercials. <laughs> like, the Mannings are really good at commercials, but he w- doesn't have the personality, so he, I he, think he's going to get bored. Tom Brady has a great personality. But not for commercials. Uh, you need to watch some of his documentaries. <laughs> he's he's extremely funny. Uh, I'm going to let you do this one because I thought it was really funny. That this is the one you brought up with Julio Jones. <laughs> well, you said come up with someone who's out of their prime, and I couldn't – well, I mentioned Thor at first, but he's never really out of his prime. But Mermaid Man, he – I just thought of him still, like, trying to squeeze into his uniform. <laughs> Julio Jones, of course, was – uh, all-time receiver for the Atlanta Falcons, Braden's team, who got traded to the Tennessee Titans after not scoring a touch, did not score a touchdown this year, I believe. Oh. Uh, but five years ago, you could say that he was very Aquaman-esque, powerful, quick. He was. You know, now he's more of the, yeah, you probably should just stop playing, man, kind of thing. <laughs> Murray Man, I felt like was a very funny choice because it's the only <laughs> one who's like. Not really a recognized superhero on this list. Everybody knows who Mermaid Man is, though. Everyone who watched SpongeBob, yes. So anyone that matters, basically. Very true. Very <laughs> true. Uh, up next, Joe Shiesty. <laughs> Joe Burrow from the Cincinnati Bengals, the Super Bowl runner-up. We compared him to 
Iron Man. Iron Man's my favorite superhero. Everybody knows this. Joe Burrow, of course, is a cocky son of a gun who, <laughs> as much as you would, as much as he talks, he knows how to back it up every time, just like Iron Man would. No, literally. Billionaire philanthropist up there in Cincinnati, Ohio. <laughs> uh, but he couldn't take down Aaron Donald, who I could have put on this list, but I did not know if you knew Aaron Donald or not. No. <laughs> Very fitting. Uh, up next, Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> we so in humans is the, is the show we're talking about. The girl with the hair, who we've learned to know is Medusa. The girl with the hair. That's all. That's all I know her by. Well, I have the Funko Pop of her, just because I was trying to get all the female superheroes. So I don't really know anything about her except she was in that show, and I remember their budget was so low and the costumes were so bad. I just remember the CGI hair just looked terrible. Oh. Well, that's like her whole thing is hair power, right? Yeah, is she her is she a villain? She has to no, be. no, she's not a villain. Mm-mm. She just has a villain name. I think the whole Inhumans thing is they're like a super family or something, but I have no idea. Yeah, I've never watched it. And don't really plan to. No, but yeah, evil hair. If you know Tila, he has some luscious locks of hair. He does. That's really yeah. I that's I did these strictly comedy based. <laughs> I thought that one was the funniest one. Uh, speaking of funny, Gronk, Rob Gronkowski. Only one superhero fits <laughs> fits this man, and that would be the big green monster himself, the Incredible Hulk. I love that so much. <laughs> no, and Gronk, he only his very bad grammar. He's a big guy, loves to smash things. <laughs> it's he's already the Hulk. He's just not green. That's it. He has bad grammar. <laughs> it's like if uh, Bruce Banner was changing into the Hulk and then got stuck midway. It would just be Gronk. You know, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Gronk, of course, is also maybe retiring, maybe not. But also talks of him being traded to the Bills, which him and a party city. As big as Tampa is, but going to Buffalo where they smash tables already. <laughs> He'd fit right in. He'd fit perfectly in. Uh, we have three more. Patrick Mahomes we compared to Thor. Strictly because he's a powerful uh, player, really. He's, strong, he's got a strong arm just like Thor would with Mjolnir. Hmm. But the kicker to this is an annoying little brother and Jackson Mahomes. Annoying little brother. Who I guess would be Loki. Oh, but I love Loki, though. Yeah, Loki had a redemption moment. I don't see that with Jackson Mahomes. No, I don't think many people like him. I don't know a soul that likes him. (laughs) Uh, Then we have Russell Wilson. This one was the hardest one to do. What was our thing that we set up for it? You said... Who is someone who's on a team, but they're overpowered and the rest of the team isn't very good? And then you brought up Cyborg from Teen Titans Go. And then I was like, well, then it would be Raven. Yeah, very true. That is what happened. It'd still be t- Teen Titans Go, of course, because the Seahawks are just atrocious. Like, they don't they're even get to be the regular Titans. They no, have to they be don't. the Teen Titans Go. Well, then Teen Titans, that, that Robin could beat anyone. That cyborg was powerful. Beast Boy was actually a formidable opponent. Yeah. And Starfire was actually very strong. I mean, you yeah. Teen Titans go. They're just children. They're just children. 
it's just the SpongeBob episode where they all got powers. Oh yeah. But yeah. this is an entire like show's worth of content. I love that SpongeBob episode. <laughs> just the. You want to see me touch that boulder? <laughs> you want to see me do it again? <laughs> My favorite one is uh, Patrick being the uh, Mr. Fantastic clone where he just likes, he's about to touch his toes and he just moves his toes around yes. and touch his hands instead. No, I used to laugh at Squidward like with the lava head and he would just like yell Krakatoa and like <laughs> put lava on people. <laughs> Didn't he burn himself though? Yes. And then they tried, SpongeBob tried to like run around to get it off and it didn't work. And finally, we have Derek Brown, the former Auburn defensive tackle. I did this. I first had him as a thing, but then we were looking up superhero teams, and I found Suicide Squad. Derek Brown's King Shark. Oh, definitely. He's smarter than King Shark, but they have the same like body type. <laughs> body type. Tall, big, and it's a lovable individual. You can't. I don't know a soul that hates King Shark. No, no. And no one can hate Derek Brown. Absolutely not. Was there anyone else we almost talked about on this list? Um, I can't think of anyone. I don't think so. Because I know Tom Brady we kicked off because he retired. You said Eli Manning. I did. Which I was I can't think of a soul that who he Squirrel Girl. Squirrel, not Squirrel Girl. Well, hear me out. Squirrel Girl is a very it does not look strong at all, but she can somehow easily beat Thanos. Okay. And we compare Thanos to Tom Brady. That's true. And Eli Manning's beaten Tom Brady twice in Super Bowls. Dang. I didn't even know that. Yeah, it's weird. It's almost as weird as, uh, like, I know this is not sports at all, but Australia losing two wars to emus. What? Yeah, thing, things that just should not happen. And <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's all we're going to do, do for the first segment. we come back, I'm going to start talking about some football news. Thank you, Braden, for joining me. I don't know if you yeah. want to stay any longer than you have to. Well, I have work to do. <laughs> All right, well, after this quick break, I'll be right back. Welcome back to the second block here on Tank Talks Football here on Wiggle 91.1 FM. Another thank you to Miss Braden Haynes for joining with my show to help me kill some minutes so I don't have to talk and kill my voice for uh, an hour. And a, not, not an hour, not an hour. But we're going to talk about some football news in general. Uh, starting off, so last week when uh, – when, but right before I started the show last week, Art Bryles got announced as the offensive coordinator at Grambling State. Uh, a few days later, or a few days ago, actually, he announced that his resi- he's resigning as OC, stating that he did not want to be a like a toxic presence, you know, taking over media that he probably would not want to be seen as anymore. No, if you missed out on the whole Art Bryles situation, I won't go into full details, but he got fired from Baylor through some sexual assault claims. And he's been out of the league for I, it's before Dave Aranda got hired. I want to say it's around the 2016, 2017 years ish. And now he's back unemployed after you know resigning. And that's really about it for all the college football news. I mean, it's it's uh it's a, it's been slow. It's been really slow this this off season so far. Uh, but I you know what, Tonga. Looking at this past season is kind of boring nowadays. Let's start looking towards the 2022 season. Week one is loaded. Plus a few another game I want to talk about just a little bit. But week one of this coming up season is going to be a fun one to watch. I have listed six games that I am the most excited to watch once the season begins on in September of this year. Starting off with Cincinnati, my Bearcats taking on the 
Arkansas Razorbacks. This is going to be in Fayetteville. This is coming off of a huge year for Cincinnati where they actually made it to the college football playoff for the first group of five team to ever do that. And Arkansas, who's looking to keep up their pace moving on up in the SEC rankings, you know, they went three and three and seven in twenty twenty and they won nine they had nine wins this past season. This is a huge game for Arkansas, and I'm assuming both these teams are going to start off ranked at least in the top twenty five. I know Cincinnati could be somewhere in the top ten range if they really thought about it. But right now, I'm just going to have to stick with my guns. I would say Arkansas is going to win that game right now. Strictly because I feel like Cincinnati is losing a lot of talent in this upcoming draft. Secondly, Utah and Florida. This is the this is going to be in Gainesville, I believe. Uh, Florida is starting off their season one with head coach Bill Napier from the Louisiana Rigid Cajuns. As they take on the reigning Pac-12 champion, the Utah Utes who is returning with quarterback Cameron Rising. Uh, I, I gotta, I'm I going to take my guns here and say Utah's going to win this game starting off strictly because I have Utah winning the Pac-12 championship again. And one thing about me, I don't like to be wrong. So I'm going to stick with Utah. Uh, three, another fun game to watch, Georgia versus Oregon. Oregon, of course, is starting – their season one with their new head coach, Dan Lanning, who is the former defensive coordinator of the Georgia Bulldogs. And don't miss out on the fact that Oregon has a new quarterback. You know him. You may love him. You also may hate him. Bo Nix is going to be QB1 at Oregon as he starts off his first season as a duck or his last season in college football as well with the one team he has never beaten, the Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia is going to be losing a lot of talent, but in the SEC, when you're that kind of powerhouse, you just reload. I'd be shocked if Oregon won this game, and if Oregon won this game, again, if they win, they are instant, like in that Pac-12 conversation, possible playoff spot. Just kind of depends on how USC, uh, ju- or how USC performs going into the season, and how, of course, uh, the rest of the Pac-12 acts. You know, Washington was on a slump last year, of course. Uh, four, another fun game to watch. Notre Dame travels to Columbus, Ohio to play the Ohio State Buckeyes and what will be a top 10 matchup. There's another new head coach, by the way, Marcus Freeman in his inaugural season as the Notre Dame head coach travels to take on Ryan Day as they have, I can't remember his name, JT Shroud. As their QB won again, he is looking to win a Heisman after Bryce Young took it, or not took it from him, but won it over him. Uh, you know, I'm a big Kenny Pickett supporter over here. I kind of want to go to the Panthers, but kind of don't at the same time. You know what I mean? Uh, five, LSU at Florida State. Florida State had a, this is this has a double layering kind of game to it. It might not be a great game. I feel like LSU could probably win this game by a lot. But this is game one under Brian Kelly for LSU as he travels to the team that gave him the most trouble last year at Notre Dame, the Florida State Seminoles. Uh, Florida State is looking to bounce back from their stretch of bad seasons. At some point, they're going to have to look at Mike Novell and get rid of him, and I think the season is make or break for him. And this is also coming off the fact they lost out on the number one quarterback to Jackson State, or number one player in the nation in the 2020 recruiting class to Jackson State. Uh, finally, I have the Clemson 
Tigers travel to Atlanta to play the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. This is going to be a game I want to talk about with Harrison Tarr since he's a big Yellow Jacket supporter. Uh, but, yeah, Georgia Tech gave Clemson a lot of trouble last year, and they probably should have won that game. And this is also going to be a make-or-break year for Clemson. They lost both their coordinators to head coaching jobs. These are new guys that they just promoted within the organization, which, if you know me, I'm not a huge fan of them doing – of uh, getting coordinators from inside the organization. It's, it just seems lazy, and you're not really improving from what you lost. Yeah, but that's that's really it for college football. Uh, I'll just, just go into NFL conversation. Uh, there's been a lot of debate recently on uh, the Hall of Fame, what players would be considered for the Hall of Fame. I know one that I've been talking about a lot has been uh, Cam Newton. So... I'm a Carolina Panthers fan. I've never been one to deny it, even though I would love to it sometimes. But I, you have to. Cam Newton is a Hall of Famer. It might not seem like it with these last two years, but I like probably Eli Manning later on. If Eli Manning's a Hall of Famer, I know he has some rings. But are you just going to negate the fact that those past six years of the Giants were just not good? Uh, Eli Manning has only had about three good seasons with the Giants, and even the Super Bowl, one of the Super Bowls, whenever they beat the nineteen or the undefeated Patriots, they were only like a seven-win team. They were a wild-card team. It's not like they were playing tremendously. It's just that point, the NFC East is just as weak as it is, and he just got in. Uh, but Cam Newton, one of the, he leads statistically in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns for quarterbacks. And he's up there in passing yards. Whenever this man is healthy, he he has led Carolina to some 12, 10-plus win seasons with some not very talented receivers. If you account 2015 to anything, won the MVP with Ted Ginn as his QB as his wide receiver one, Philly Brown as his wide receiver two, Devin Funches, and I can't remember the third fourth guy's name. Played at Bama for a bit. It'll come to me after the show, and I know it will. But yeah, another person I've heard I've had a conversation about is Cordero Patterson. Uh, I think well, Devin Hester, of course, has brought up the conversation because if Devin Hester is a Hall of Famer, then you got to put Cordero Patterson. But with Cam Newton, I mean, you have to have to look at the fact that when healthy, he was a top five quarterback in the league at at a lot of points, and at one point he was the best quarterback in the league. And I feel like that's a big like contributing factor is if a quarterback is a Hall of Famer, he has been the number one quarterback in the league at some point in his career. And Cam has done that in 2015. He carried this te- carried that Carolina Panthers team to that Super Bowl. And I know that people will say, oh, he didn't jump on that fumble, so it kind of tarnished his reputation. But at that point, the game had already been decided. It was like third down, I think. And I know that, yeah, he should have jumped on it. But that should not tarnish someone's legacy. I mean, you could also look at the fact that Tom Brady spiked the ball and, and on fourth down. Uh, you and I know he's the greatest of all time, but he makes those kind of mistakes too. And at that point, he'd already been taking hit after hit after hit, and that 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 would have injured him right there. I think jumping in front of a Demarcus Ware or Von Miller, I forgot who picked up the fumble, will probably hurt anyone, especially when you've as weak in bones as Cam Newton does. Do the Panthers organization an ability to, uh, you know, get offensive line talent? Uh, and then a few more news because we got four minutes to spare before we talk about the combine in the next segment. 
Uh, the Arizona Cardinals have been all over the place. Kyler Murray, of course, deleted all of his Arizona Cardinals Instagram posts. And now he's talking about being in talks with getting an extension. Apparently, he wants $80 million in his contract, which is a lot of money to ask from a quarterback who's not won a playoff game. I know Cliff Kingsbury just got extended after he had, he had an offseason where he was projected to go to some big schools in the uh, in college football. Uh, but Kyler, I, you're asking for a lot of money there, man. That's a lot of money you're asking for. And once you win a playoff game, you can start asking for money like that. Like, Lamar Jackson is also in extension talks, but he's representing himself. Representing himself. Language, or English is a language I speak, by the way. Uh... But Lamar's definitely earned an MVP. He can ask for that level of money. Kyler Murray cannot right now. And, you know, this offseason has been a huge quarterback-centric, like, news bubble because Philadelphia has been uh, rumored to be getting – or has been in rumors to trade for quarterbacks like Russell Wilson and others like that, but the GM has now came out. This is the second time coming out and saying it, but he says there's no doubt that Jalen Hurts will be their QB1. I've never understood the Jalen hate. I know as an Auburn fan, you might like hate to hear that. Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback, and he has been for a long time. Even at Bama, he was a good quarterback. He had like trouble throwing the ball at times and accuracy and whatnot, but since he's been in the NFL, he has been a – top-tier quarterback. He's been at least in the top 12 at times, and he probably still is. Jalen Hurts is the QB for the of the future in Philly, and I feel like why would you trade that all away? Why would you just like end this young quarterback's possible prime? Uh, you have a dual-threat guy in a dual-threat caliber offense. Young, he's younger, faster, and stronger than, and more healthy than Russell Wilson. I don't know why you would just like take a. That's like a, taking a step down. I know how Russell Wilson is one of the can be one of the top quarterbacks in the league when he wants to be. But why would you just get a older version of the quarterback that you currently have when Jalen has given you no reason? Uh, or I, I know. I feel like I'm calling out the Philadelphia Eagles, but this is definitely calling out like media who's been saying that they should trade for Russell Wilson and uh, and such. Uh, and then lastly, I'm going to talk about before we go to break, and so I can talk about the NFL Combine coming up soon. The Washington Commanders apparently have a list of 47 quarterbacks they want to go for, either by trade, free agency, or draft. And there's one thing to be said. They do not want to go into next season with Taylor Heineke starting. I feel like I think some of these people on these lists have been Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson has been on the list. Jimmy Garoppolo might be. I forgot there's some big names, but the rest of them, or a lot of them, I feel like are, you know, the Kenny Pickett, the Matt Corral, the Malik Willis, possible Sam Howell. Just they, there's going to be a new look com- or Washington team next year because Taylor Heineke, I guess. He's not played terrible, of course. I feel like Tanner Heineke has played uh, way better than what we expected him to play as, especially me being a Panthers fan. He played for the Panthers, and he was not all that great. But I feel like he's played way better than we expected him to, but they clearly don't see eye-to-eye with him as QB. So 47 QB quarterbacks on a list that they want to try to get, 
And I don't know which one. I don't know how many they want to try to sign. I don't know how many they want to trade for. They might still draft one even if they sign one. But, yeah, that's all I have for the news. When I come back, I'm going to talk about the NFL Combine a little bit. We'll be right back. Welcome back as we start the second half of Tank Talk Football here on Week 91.1 FM. The NFL Combine is starting today in about an hour and a half. Uh, if you don't know the Combine schedule, I would read it out to you. Today, you can expect to watch the quarterbacks, tight ends, and wide receivers compete. This is going to be a fun day is because we know how how uh, how many talks have been about quarterback situations going on, and you know, you watch Kenny Pickett. Uh, Malik Willis, of course. You could watch some other quarterbacks compete. Wide receiver class, though, this season. Holy cow, is it talented. Uh, any of these receivers, there are six receivers that can compete for that wide receiver one spot in this draft class. Uh, and tight ends are a bit like wishy-washy this season. I feel like Jalen Watermeyer is probably the biggest one to watch out for because we saw him play at Texas A&M, so that's a big one. Uh, tomorrow, O-linemen and running backs. That's all starting at 3. Saturday, D-line, linebackers. Sunday, place kickers and defensive backs. Uh, I feel like, well, you know why they would tag this. There's only, there's only like four, I think, play, like special teamers and uh, so many defensive backs, of course. But the NFL Combine apparently could be subject to a boycott going on due to a bubble scenario that uh, they are working on. Uh, just If any rule is broken during their bubble scenario, the player will be sent home, which is terrible to think about. I couldn't imagine you just like accidentally breaking a rule and then you miss out on interviewing with teams, uh, running the 40-yard dash, doing these exercises, doing any of these workouts. And, I mean, that's, that's a rule that could affect your draft stock tremendously. And I don't blame them. I mean, what? And you have the pro day, of course, that you can watch out for. But the combine is the one everyone is watching. That that gets your name on the map for fans, players, teams alike. And I know if if you have a good combine, you're more apt to have a uh, standout uh, like audience at a pro day. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, we have a few players that have boycotted. I can't remember their names off my head. I know there was a few that have announced that they're boycotting it. Uh, but injury-wise, I think the big ones missing out are going to be Matt Corral, who is still nursing an injury that he had against the Baylor Bears in their bowl game. And I don't know if Derek Stingley is injured or if he just said he's not competing in the pro in the uh, combine. But they both have announced they will be competing at their pro days alike. Uh, and you know what? I made a list, another list, you know, because you got to kill time in today's offseason. Of players, I think have the most to prove in this year's combine. Uh, I'm going with players that I know that are going to be there. And you know, starting off, I'm just going. I have two Auburn guys that I'll just start off with. I have Zacoby McLean. Uh, we all know Zacoby. He's a great linebacker. He played outstanding for Auburn over his two years starting, his three years playing, I believe, was his uh, big year, 2019, where he had that pick against Alabama. Put that really got. Fans enjoying him. Led the led Auburn in tackling, I think, in back-to-back years now. A big kicker for him is his size. I know people uh, have a lot of been saying, yeah, he's a he's fast, he's smart, but his size. Linebacker, size is a huge commodity. 
And this is his time to prove that they're wrong. I mean, I think Zacoby could be in that second round range with how talented he really is. But with size and whatnot, you get to like look about if you're going to move him to nickelback, you can move to a safety position. But I think he wants to play linebacker. And uh, I think without that, he moves down to like a, a fourth round to later round kind of selection. Because you look at these other linebackers and you're like, oh, well, you have Devin Lloyd who, well, he's linebacker one right now in the draft, but he's got the size, speed, and he'll just pop you if he needs to. And you watch the Kobe and you're like, yeah, he has the size, he has the speed, he can pop you, but the size is just not there. Because I think he's below six feet and – or I think he's just six feet even, but he's also a faster guy. This is the kind of guy. It's like he's the kind of guy that you would use her in Madden because he's just so fast. But IRL, he's just like so small that teams just kind of like look away from him compared to like what you think of when you get the uh, like the like the stigma for linebackers. Up next, the Auburn player that I also have on here is Smoke Monday. If you've listened to any of my shows, you know how I feel about. Uh, his playing style at some point. Smoke needs to prove to everybody that he is faster than what he plays. Uh, Smoke, of course, uh, he had some trouble covering passes in his career at Auburn. There are some points where you can bring up the fact that he is he he that points if the receiver was way it was just a little bit faster than him, they could really just lose him instantly. And I think he needs to prove that he can cover passes and he and that he needs to run at least a Four four forty to prove to me that he is faster than what he seems, but I mean he he got it. He has a name. He played at Auburn, so he got the invite to the combine. And if anything, he needs to prove that he earned it when he's there. Uh, let's go quarterbacks. I have a few quarterbacks on this list. Uh, Carson Strong from Nevada. He was projected to QB one going into this uh this football season. Actually, uh, Nevada did not play up to standard, and he's kind of fallen off boards a little bit. He's been falling. I think he's uh, the last time I checked, he's at QB seven or six. He's fallen way out of the first round range, and you know with the surgeons, uh, the surges of uh, Matt Corral, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell's even been on there. He's also on my list as well. These are these are quarterbacks that big names. Carson Strong doesn't have the big name capability. He's like Carson Wentz caliber with the kind of school that he went to. But he he has he has probably has the strongest arm in this draft class. But it's like the, the question with the accuracy: Can he play in the NFL? He needs to answer those kind of questions during this uh, draft. He also needs to pick up some speed too. I feel like he probably could run a sub four nine forty if he didn't if he doesn't like push himself. But I think he's in the four eight range. Uh, next quarterback, I'm I'm gonna talk about. I'm gonna get Sam Howell out of the way. Uh, Sam Howell, of course, uh, he. Kind of fell off this season. You know, O-line was not the best. Uh, and I think that he really needs to focus on the accuracy. He needs to abuse the deep ball in this combine. He, he I know Carson Strong said he probably has the strongest arm. Sam Howell probably has the most beautiful deep ball of any of these uh, prospects right now. And I feel like he needs to show that. And he can move himself up in boards with, you know, Matt Corral still injured. This can move him up to a QB3 kind of range at this point. Uh, Malik Willis, of course, has already shined at the Senior Bowl. Kenny Pickett has always shined during the season. This is for Sam Howell to try to get back up. 
Uh, Derek King is another quarterback I have on this list. He kind of fell off the map as well. A lot of quarterbacks were affected this season that were supposed to be like really good. Uh, but Derek King is, I think he's also he's probably one of the talks to move positions. I see him like a Greg Ward type, which you know, if you remember Greg Ward, he was a quarterback at Houston back in the back a few years ago, who had to move to receiver in the NFL just to get a uh, a position with the Philadelphia Eagles is where he ended up playing. Don't know if he's still there, but I think he's still in the league somewhere. Uh, but Derek King needs to prove that he can play quarterback. If not, he should probably start looking towards like the wide receiver, running back range, or you know if he can play defensive back. You know, it doesn't just anywhere that he can fit. Because I feel like Derek King, we he was a Heisman candidate at some point in his career, and years later, here we are talking about teams possibly drafting him like in the sixth round, which is a huge fall off from where he originally started off at. Uh, let's see who's. I have a gr- a few groups. People I've grouped together. Uh, let's start off with every defensive back projected to get go in the first round. Uh, this defensive back class is loaded as well as the wide receiver class. But with DBs, you have Sauce Gardner, Cincinnati, Kobe Bryant, also from Cincy, McCreary from Auburn, uh, Darion Kendrick from Georgia, Anthony Booth from Clemson. All of these guys have the opportunity to be that first corner taken off the board. And it's all about how they perform in this combine and at pro day. You knew, you knew Roger McCreary to prove that he's the best. He could cover man more, better than anybody else. Uh, Sauce Gardner, of course, is, his resume speaks for itself with Clemson. But they just have – someone is going to have a perfect combine out of this group and it's going to shoot themselves up in the uh, draft stock. I mean – any of these guys could be the first one taken off the board. And right now I think I have I think I have Sauce Gardner going. I can't remember exactly my mock draft on the top of my head, but I think I have Sauce Gardner as the first one going off the board. Followed by I think Kobe Bryant and Roger McCreary. And then I have Anthony Booth. I feel like I have Kendrick falling to the second round. This is a loaded cornerback class and just it's amazing to me that I have a corner going in the second round that if he has a good enough combine and a good enough pro day, I could see him shooting up to that. It's like number one range. Uh, and finally, for my who has most approved in this combine, the number one pick trio, Evan Neal, Kayvon Thibodeau, and Aiden Hutchinson. All three of these guys have that potential to go number one overall in this upcoming class. Evan Neal is already the OT1. I wish he would fall to the seventh pick to the Panthers, but it will not happen. Uh, but he's the perfect offensive line candidate or like prospect. We haven't seen this. I think Eric Fisher, uh, I think he was the last one to get number one overall. He didn't start off as hot, but he's a pretty like solid left tackle now for, I think the chiefs could be wrong on that. Probably wrong on that. But Evan Neal, uh, he's exactly what the Jags, Need, I mean, they need a lot of positions, and I feel like they're either going to go for Evan Neal or one of these other two edge rushers over here. But Evan Neal just needs to prove that he is worth the hype at this combine. He has until tomorrow. He has until tomorrow to get ready. But from what I'm hearing, dude is massive. He's 340 pounds, and he does not look it. It is just pure muscle. Uh, the other two, Kayvon Thibodeau and A. Hutchinson, those two guys are the have been compared to the number one, number two guys. It's, 
it's like back in the day whenever Jared Goff and Carson Wentz were both competing for that number one spot in the draft, and they went one and two. Same with Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston. They also went one and two. These guys could go one and two, and it's all about who you want. Do you want the guy with the higher ceiling, Kevon Thibodeau, or do you want the guy who is probably going to start off as uh, – or uh, sorry, highest ceiling. Yeah, Kevon Thibodeau has a high ceiling. Aiden Hutchinson, I feel like, could be a very solid edge rusher right off the bat. But I feel like if you look at the potential, Aiden Hutchinson needs to prove to, that he has a higher upside than Kevon Thibodeau does. If you can turn Kevon Thibodeau into, a, into the edge rusher that you want him to be – he will be a game changer for any team that he goes to. Same with Aiden Hutchinson. He just needs to prove to me that he's better than Kayvon Thibodeau. He's not as fast, but I think he's stronger, and I feel like he can get the quarterback probably a little bit better. But, yeah, that's my list for who all, who has the most to prove at the NFL Combine. Uh, But, yeah, that's all i got to say on that matter. When we come back from this break, I'll talk about the USFL for a little bit. And, you know what, I'll probably ask you all a few questions I'll post on Twitter later today. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the last segment here on Tank Talks Football on Weagle 91.1 FM. Going to wrap up the show here in a bit, but we're going to talk about the USFL. Forgot the name for a second, and I was staring right at it. Uh, Fox Sports is apparently being sued by the former owners of the USFL. You know, if, if you don't know, it was a league that started, I think, in the 80s, but it folded on itself two years in. But these former owners are trying to sue to try to halt the launch of the season, uh, saying that they are inappropriately using the old league's branding, which I don't know what that really means because I feel like the USFL this season has done a pretty good job of branding itself, getting itself out there. They use Twitter, uh, uh, they use Twitter, Twitter very well. Uh, Go Stallions, by the way. Uh, but. I don't know why exactly they're doing this, except for the fact that they're probably jealous that they did not reboot their own league and the Fox took it over. I don't see this going that far. Uh, but the USFL is going to start off, or it hopefully will start off on April 16th with the inaugural game between the st- for the Stallions and God, they're probably the Generals. I feel like it's the Generals. I'd have to look it up at some point. But... That's it for the news, but I'm going to pose y'all with some hypothetical questions. I know uh, there's a game that I'm not going to say the title for, but think of it like a football version of it. It's going to be start, bench, cut. You have to start one, bench one, cut one. And just tweet at me at your boy Tank with your answers. But uh, it's going to do, should have won the Heisman edition. Would you start Deshaun Watson? Uh, I messed us up completely. So it's between Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, and Andrew Luck. And I'll give my answer, and then I'll end the show. But uh, just that tweet me, at your boy the tank. That's boy with an I, and then just, you know, ya boy the tank. But I'm going to start Deshaun Watson. I'm going to bench Andrew Luck, and I'm going to cut Trevor Lawrence as sad as that could be. But that is all the time I have for today's show. And I will, well, not next week. I hope you all have a lovely spring break. I will be in Tampa for the SEC tournament. So, going to have fun there. But you all have a good spring break. I'll be back in two weeks. Thanks for listening. If you missed any part of the show, make sure to catch the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. I'll be back next Wednesday at noon on Week 191.1 FM. 
You can follow the station's Twitter and Instagram at Weagle underscore AU for events, announcements, and more. If you can't make it to a radio, you can listen to our live stream at WeagleFM.com. As for me, come back next Wednesday at noon for more Tank Talks football.